You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. And belly on up to the nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. My name is Chris. His name is Ed. This is Socks in the Basement, the podcast for fans, by fans. That is 30 minutes of socks. Well over 400 episodes, I noticed the other day. We're going to have to do something for 500. I think it's going to be like sometime in the middle of the summer next year. But I couldn't believe that when I saw it, Ed. Absolutely incredible how long a show that, honestly, I started just because I was like, I don't remember how to put podcasts together. And I was starting the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network, and the idea was all these little podcasts that cover, like, suburban villages and areas around the south side because, like, it's almost like small-town radio on the south side. And I'm a Sox fan, and I was like, well, I've got to... I'll, I'll experiment with the White Sox show because I don't think that anybody will listen to me. And now we're plotting our 500th episode <laughs> where I, I think... Does Paul Canerico have to carry us off on his shoulders? He does. He might, it's okay. actually required by law. It's just And the amount of people that have checked out the show, I, I just want to start off this episode and say thank you. Really appreciate it. And yeah, I would really. appreciate it that if you have any kind of issues around your home, you're worried about water getting in, that you call Family Waterproofing Solutions. Proud sponsors of Socks in the Basement for Boeing Walls, Window Wells, Foundation and Crack Repair, Concrete raising up and down, and now the leaves will start falling soon. I mean, it's been raining the last couple of days. You know, fall is right here on us. We're gonna be we're gonna be warm one day and cold the next day. I put on blue jeans for the first time in months the other day. You know, I mean, it, it's time for overweight white guys to start pulling out pants again. Uh, well, yeah, there there there's always a, a handful. Yeah, that are gonna resist. But for for most of us, time to put the chicken legs away. It's pant season. They're family and veteran owned and operated since they started in 2013. You get a discount if you mention Socks in the Basement when you call 708-330-4466. See what a difference a family makes at FamilyDry.com. Quick announcement for everybody, a little house cleaning before we jump into the ridiculousness. That is Tony LaRussa hanging around the team on Sunday and then flying back with them. I think that's the thing that felt ridiculous to me. Like, I understood why he was there on Sunday for Dave Stewart's big day, and he was his manager, and the Sox just happened to be in town. I get all that. I even get visiting the team and saying hi to all of them. The flight back was weird based upon some of the things that came out over the weekend about Tony, his condition, and listening to some of the folks that actually cover the White Sox on, like, the flagship station, you know? And and the things they're saying, I don't think you say if Jerry Reinstorf's not okay with you saying. So we're going to dive into that. But before that, quick announcement if you listen to Socks in the Basement through SocksOn35th.com, uh, you have until November the 1st to make sure you are subscribed to Socks in the Basement or just get your habit to going to SocksInTheBasement.com because we will be leaving that website on November the 1st. You know, I, I had a really interesting idea to, to kind of partner up with them and do some things. Uh, I had a lot of positive feelings that it was going to be really big. And then I... It just got to a point where I realized it wasn't going to be what I thought it was going to be, especially after they they found another partner as well that had a television show. So it, it got to the point where it just wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And, you know, people ask me, are you disappointed? Well, yeah, I'm disappointed. If I if I was happy 
I probably wouldn't have called for termination of the contract at the all-star break in the middle of the first season we were together. That's that's all I can say. I could fill an entire show on it, but it, it's it, it's not worth it. I want to talk White Sox and I don't want to talk about it. But I've always been one of those people that you get into a relationship with someone on a personal level. If it isn't working out, I break up. Like some people will think, what, you don't fight for the relationship? No, I sit there, I look at it, I go, this ain't working. I tried. I tried to fix it. Didn't get fixed. So we're moving on. Uh, I wish them the best of luck over there. I think they've got some great writers. It's just not what I thought it was going to be. It was a failed experiment, Ed. I, I guess that's the best way to say it. It was a failed experiment, much like the White Sox using Tony LaRusso as their manager. Right. <laughs> he, Tony was a failed experiment. I think we could say that now. I think we could look over the last couple of weeks and say failed experiment. Yeah. No, th- there's no doubt about it. He, there, there was something kind of magical in the thought process of saying here's this this hall of fame manager who started with the white Sox, went on to have this brilliant hall of fame career with a couple of different teams wins world series with with the cardinals with the a's and let's bring him back in and take this rebuild to the next level and bring in our legit hall of fame guy and have him take us to the promised land but then he got here and and you started to realize you started to see where 11 years off of being out of the dugout, you know, he didn't have the same rhythm maybe he once had. And then we start to see as as the guy's health, unfortunately, really becomes an issue. And that's where we are right now, right? We know that it's his heart, not that his heart's not in it, but we know that that this is the, this is the type of thing he's having. He's going through some, and you and I talked about it, he's going through some old old man health problems. I, it, it's just, it, it's a fact of life and it, and it's, it's not a reflection on him as a person. It's not a reflection on even his acumen as a manager. It's just on a reflection on his ability to be a guy who handles a young man's game. And, and that's, that's the truth. I mean, you know, you and I are both 45 years old. We, we know we shouldn't be playing baseball. <laughs> well, we, like, we probably couldn't I, play I at that level, but yeah, I get what you're saying. No. It's like watching Tom Brady, uh, his first game this year, and they're talking about his age, and I'm like, I'm Tom Brady's age. I don't know how he does this. First time I got hit out there, I just die at this age. Like, you don't recover. Right. I don't recover from anything. I don't, how does he even get up in the next week to play the next game? I don't get it. So, I mean, here's the thing. Some people just don't know when it's time to be done, and I think that's what we're dealing with right now with, uh, with Tony. I mean, you look at Terry Francona. CBS.com or CBSSports.com had an article out over the weekend where Cleveland Guardians manager Terry Francona admitted, quote, physically it's getting hard, unquote, to remain an active participant in the dugout. He's 63 years old. He's had several surgeries, multiple physical issues, but he also, at his age and his current health conditions, are dictating to him, this may not last very much longer for me. When you're doing an experiment, and that's why I call it a failed experiment, Control Group is a very good team that you put together. It has a lot of flaws because the general manager didn't spend the money correctly, but a very good team that you put together with a manager that I don't think gives you a plus or a minus. Renteria was basically even. For every good move he made, he made a bad move. All right, so he's he's the control of the experiment. Then you bring in the Hall of Fame baseball person. You give him a year. A team that should have made the playoffs made the playoffs. I don't think it's a big accomplishment. There were questionable decisions in his first playoff series with the team, and they got basically knocked out when they walked in. It was, it was not a good performance for them against the Astros. 
Now we get the next year and we see a team that should have been contending. A lot of people picked them to win the, you know, the pennant. They, they were they were, they were the favorites to walk into the World Series on the American League side for, by a lot of people. And you see them flounder all year long. And now we get to see the next part of the experiment. Remove La Russa, put in Miguel Cairo, person who the jury is out on as to whether or not he's going to be a good manager. But just removing that one thing, look at what the team is doing since then. And I think it's pretty undeniable at this point that he it's a different guy at the helm. It's a different feeling in that clubhouse. It's different results. And I'm seeing a different I'm seeing a different White Sox overall. So we saw an experiment. The experiment didn't work out. I think anybody that 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 believes that Tony La Russa coming back into the dugout is a positive thing for this team needs to get their head examined. Okay, he needs to stay away. That's it for him. There's no reason at this point to rush him back for for a couple of reasons. One is let the guy just get fully healthy, but also the team is going well without him, and and he even I think can kind of see that. I mean, he, he he's not blind. I, you know, anybody can look at this and see what's going on. So does he really need to rush back because the team is in desperate need of him? No. Does he need to rush back because he needs to stroke his own ego and show that this team can win with him and not in spite of him? Maybe. Oh, I think that's what he needs. He's trying to get back in because he wants to prove, oh, no, no, it's not because I'm gone. This, this hurts him. You, you can't tell me he doesn't know what we all think. All right. He's got his own Twitter account. He doesn't use it very often, but I'm sure. I mean, my dad creeps on my mom's Twitter account. He's a guy in his seventies. He acts like he doesn't look at social media and he does. Right. Oh, he knows. Yeah. He just opens up her Facebook account and looks at what everybody's saying. Tony's reading it. He sees when you tag him in things, when you say things detrimental about Tony, he saw it when we were questioning him guaranteed. We'd be like, why did you make this move at Tony LaRussa? He saw that stuff. So trust me, this guy's got pride. He doesn't get to where he is in life without having a sense of pride. And he he needs to get back in his mind to prove all the doubters wrong. Unfortunately, I don't think that. Well, actually, fortunately, fortunately for us, unfortunately for him, I don't think the White Sox are going to let him do it. Southside has an incredible place for anybody that's trying to stay in their home and independent, or let's say you've got an elderly parent, doesn't get along around very well, they may have some health issues, maybe they shouldn't be managing baseball games anymore for the White Sox, and they need like, you know, uh, some bathroom aids so they don't fall, right? Or, or like, you know, specialized bed or recliner, or I actually saw this, Hyatt Home Medical Equipment can set you up with an app that opens and closes doors. I want that even though I don't need it. That's cool. Yeah. When my teenager leaves the door open, I don't have to get off the couch and I don't have to yell at him. I just open up the little app, hit the little button, door shuts. I think it's incredible. You want to check out this this amazing showroom that they have in Evergreen Park, Hyatt Home Medical Equipment. Uh, You walk in there. They've got everything, the the little stuff, diabetes control, CPAP machines. They've got, they're really into those. They've got the latest technology. And then you've got all these other things that basically make your home into a smart home and make it less likely that you're going to suffer a fall in the home. They work with your insurance and they give a discount if you mention Saks in the Basement. Stop in and see them today, 3518 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, or visit them at hhme.com. This is a pride thing, I think, for Tony. 
And I, I go back to the, the crackpot theory that I, I threw out there in the last episode of Socks in the Basement, where Tony was trying to possibly force his way back in. He shows up on Sunday. He's there for the Dave Stewart thing. The team is on a roll. You're hearing quotes like, don't worry, Skip, we got this, right? You're, you're hearing in the broadcast, like, this is a very different team with Miguel Cairo. Like, nobody's hiding this. That's the thing. Nobody's hiding this. And he shows up, and that's fine. He wants to see the team. Great. He wants to walk around and shake some hands. Who cares? But getting on the plane ride back to Chicago with the team, that's a distraction. And Ozzie Guillen called him out after the game. And he's right. The White Sox need to make a decision right here, right now. And I'm with Ozzie. You know what? You got some health problems. You can't be lingered around the team. They're trying to come back after a really rough season. They're on fire, and they don't want to be asked about Tony every single day. It's a distraction. Make a decision. Say that because of his health, we're going to rest him. He's got to be cleared by doctors anyway. So even if he gets his own doctor to do it, the White Sox doctors can say, nope, we don't think this is a good idea. If Jerry's his friend, that's what he does. I mean, forget the fact that the team has a better chance of winning without him. If Jerry's his friend and doesn't want to kill him, I think what he should do is say, nope, team doctors say you need to sit this without Tony and we'll talk in the offseason about your future. Well, if I'm Jerry, moreover than that, I'm, I'm actually sitting my friend down and saying, here's the deal. Uh, I don't think this is working and I don't want you to go out, you know, in, in a way that makes you look bad. But you did the best job you possibly could. We can heap praise on you for being this ultimate tough guy going through this thing and just really, really, really build him up to make him look great and know that it's really just window dressing to put on the fact that that they recognize the fact that this is not working for them for whatever reason. And it, it doesn't have to necessarily end badly. And I, frankly, you know, if you think about it, if they do end up making the playoffs this year, then Tony can sit there and say that he came back and took this team to back-to-back playoffs. He's still the manager. We know we know Miguel Cairo's finishing the year for him, but he still started this thing. So he's the manager of the team, uh, you know, for back-to-back playoff seasons. And, you know, gosh darn, if it wasn't for this this bum ticker of mine, um, I'd be you there. know, I think we could have taken it all the way. Right. And, and then he can step back and, and, and he can step back with dignity and the team can have him relieved of this duty with dignity and they can look at Miguel Cairo and say, if Miguel Cairo's the guy that they want in there, they can look at, see what other manager or managerial candidates are out there and they can figure out what the next step is for the team. And, and maybe it is, maybe it is Miguel Cairo. And maybe at that point, you know, you're also throwing Tony this bone of saying, well, look what you did. You set us up by your being here for, for a couple of seasons. You've set us up now for the foreseeable future because you've given us our manager of, of now and, and you know, hopefully the next decade or something along those lines where, you know, this very much is going to be a Tony La Russa tinted staff that is going to go forward under Miguel Cairo because that's, you know, Miguel's his guy. You know what? Here's the thing. The White Sox are notorious for spin and trying to put out a message that I think most people can look at and say, well, that's spin. Like the whole thing, remember the Manny Machado thing? I'll never let go of it. Their claim that they gave the best offer, when in reality... Right. we had the was, best offer, we were blindsided. Right, there was far more guaranteed money that was offered to Machado. You wish you had him on the team right now. And 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 the thing is, is that he had said all along, I want 10 years and 300 million. That, that had been out there since like September that year, October. 
and the Sacks tried to get with this. Well, you know, performance-based at the very end of your career, when we can just sit there and say, no, we don't want to pick up the option and move on from you. What position is the team going to be at the end of that 10-year contract, right? We, we can get in that again. But I don't want to. But the thing is, they spun it. They tried to spin it. And some people bought it, hook, line, and sinker. And then the rest of us looked at it, you know, intelligently and said, nah, that's spin. This team loves the spin. And this is the perfect chance to spin things on the entire season. See, if Tony doesn't come back, you can blame any playoff exit on we didn't have our manager. I still believe that Tony would have gotten us there. Jerry can sit there at Saxfest and say that. And there might be a smattering of booze. But I like he could sit there and say that. I still believe that my friend Tony would have gotten us there. Did you see that year when the Cardinals were terrible and he found a way to get them in the postseason and they ran the table? Who knows? If only we would have had Tony, we probably would have won the World Series this year. Now, if they actually win the World Series this year, they get in there, they catch fire. We've seen it happen with teams before, and they go all the way and they win it. It's glorious. Nobody cares at that point. They did it for Tony. Right. You did it for Tony. He could stand there next to the trophy. He could be in the owner's box the entire time. He could stand there next to the trophy afterwards. He can hug everybody. They could put him down as the manager of record. And none of us are going to care because we won the World Series. Like, we'll all joke about it for years, but who cares what us peons think, right? Like, the spin on this is perfect either way. It gives you such a cushion. If you don't make the postseason, you're going to say, look at all the adversity this team had. Yeah, people want to pick on how we allocated the money, and people want to say that we we didn't do very well, but we didn't even get a full season of our manager. He got sick. How dare you question us? Like, there's a million ways you could spin this. Tony's thing right now, if he doesn't come back, is spinnable in any direction in which the team could try to paint a positive light and convince people that everything's fine over here, right? There's nothing to see here. We were a victim of circumstance. Now, they bring back La Russa, and the White Sox don't make the postseason. You can't spin that. No. If they, if they bring back La Russa, and all of a sudden they become anemic again, and you don't see that excitement where everybody on the bench jumps up and runs onto the field when Elvis Andrus breaks the tie in that big comeback in the ninth inning that they do with one out, they start that comeback down 3 nothing over the weekend. And then they tie it with two outs on the bang-bang play at home plate with Engel running like the wind. And then you have Andrus, who's just an absolute star and is making people openly question whether or not you want the better shortstop there for the duration defensively, even when Tim Anderson comes back. OK, and, and that's the magic all of a sudden that's happened in the last week and a half of this team, something we could have never imagined. And, and, the, and the life on the bench, all that goes away. You either make it to the postseason and get bounced right away like you did the year before, or you don't make it to the postseason, you can't spin it. And and I'm telling you, I think the White Sox spin room knows that. And that's why I don't think he's coming back. And it might get a little ugly with him saying, my doctor said I can come back, but the team won't clear me. But I don't think they're bringing him back. And I, I'm with Isaac Ian. If you know you're not doing it and you know the best thing is to not bring it back, then end it now and stop putting pressure on your players. They have to answer questions about Tony La Russa each and every day. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing too is is that there's got to be a stay away. I mean, I I will say I think it's it's circumstantial to sit there and say that the Sunday game, they they came out, you know, Cueto didn't look right. They kind of came out flat. Larry Garcia is there not catching a pop-up that he probably should have caught. You know, you have all of these hallmarks of the Tony era of a team coming out flat in a big moment. And he's there, right? He's there to celebrate Dave Stewart, and rightfully so. He's around the clubhouse. He's around the team. He flies back with them, and they don't look good. 
you know, I don't I don't think you can draw that parallel, even though I completely just drew that parallel for you. <laughs> it wasn't hard. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's dangerous. It's I dangerous how easy it is to draw that parallel. It, it, it fell out of my mouth before I realized <laughs> I was saying it, folks. But the the you know the reality is is that um, you do run the risk now of going back to upsetting it because there there is a certain rhythm and feel to it and. You know, I, I don't know if players play tighter around Tony or they're not as loose or there's, there's you know, maybe there is some tension there that's unspoken. There could be something that goes on behind the scenes that we're not privy to. But the reality is, is that, yeah, we're, we're also looking at a team that is still somehow in contention here, even though they have a little bit of an issue, I would say, in the loss column. They, they still very much have a chance and they're still very much in control of their destiny. But if you have that distraction, if you suddenly have to ask, what's it like to have Tony back? If all of a sudden there is a controversy surrounding the use of Romy Gonzalez versus Larry Garcia, something that you and I talked about, uh, you know, and somewhat jokingly, but, but the reality is, is that that is true. And when Elvis Andrus is playing really well at shortstop, if Tim Anderson comes back and is not a hundred percent, is he going to be forced into the lineup? Are you going to see something like, what we saw with Luis Robert the one day where he's basically swinging one-handed. But I, I do agree that the Sox, as a team that knows how to spin these things, as a team that has made a history of really looking not dispassionately at how the fans think, but trying to control the narrative at any cost, whether we can see through them or not, they have a huge opportunity here to let this legend, and Tony La Russa is a legendary baseball manager, let this legend go away from the game with dignity and not have him have the stink of, even if it's not his fault, them coming back from being hot in his absence, you know, narrowing the gap, and then if they come up short, it is totally going to be Tony's fault. It doesn't matter what you and I say. It doesn't matter what anybody around the team says. It doesn't matter how it's spun. That is going to be the perception, 100%, is that Things were going well. Tony came back. They didn't make it. It's all Tony's fault. You, you just you you can't have that for this team and then go into next year and not have to make wholesale changes because if you can't blame Tony, then Rick Hahn, it is your fault and your players' fault. This year, Oktoberfest, Hailstorm Brewing two-day event. The official brewery of Socks in the Basement on the 24th and 25th has live music all day long, and they also have uh, special food items. It's, it's basically, it's what you would expect an Oktoberfest to be, but they're throwing in this promotion where if you purchase a Stein for 16 bucks, uh, filled up with their Take Me to Your Liter German-style Oktoberfest beer, then you get to fill up this big giant Stein for five bucks every time for the uh, the rest of the day, and you get to keep it. But they're also doing Das Boot, so you can get yourself a big boot. That's what I'm getting, okay? Because we're gonna oh, be the boot. we're gonna be there on on Sunday, the 25th. Come out and see Socks in the basement. But if you can't make it on Sunday, get there on Saturday, or just do two full days of Oktoberfest. Why not? Okay. Uh, Hailstorm Brewing is the official brewery of Socks in the basement, and they are located in Tinley Park at 8060 186th Street, right off of 80th Avenue, with a highly acclaimed new brewer since the beginning of the year, Will Turner. Check out all that he has there on tap, and they are always partying. 
in that tap room, the outdoor patio, the fire pit outside, the live music on the weekends, the trivia nights, and so much more. Check out all they have to offer at hailstormbrewing.com. I think the most interesting thing about what I'm watching during this Miguel Cairo run is, yes, the team seems more lively. I see more home runs. I see more excitement. I see a team that comes back in games when Tony LaRusso used to not try to do that. We all know his style now, right? We, we've had George Hoffman on who covered him back in his first run when he came through Chicago, right? He, he talked about it on this show. Whenever we get one of the older beat reporters that come on this show, they talk about this, right? Tony manages to get the lead, and then Tony tries to hold the lead. But Tony gets to a certain point in the game, I think it's very obvious, where he goes, well, we're losing. Time to just bring in the scrubs from the bullpen. Cairo doesn't do that. Like, he really is managing to still come back and win the game. Like, he's really telling his team, like, let's go. There's this extra belief that seems to be there rather than uh, usual suspects, right? Like, Miguel Cairo, if he can see a big win, he doesn't care how many times Liam Hendricks has been out there. He's going to bring him back out again. Like, like, he's managing the team with a sense of urgency that we haven't seen all year long. And I think the players see that. You can't tell me. Think about this at your own job. Anybody listening right now, you know when you're watching an employee who's bad at their job continue to be put in a bad position because the person who's their manager or their boss just doesn't understand that that person's incompetent. We, we've all had these experiences where we're like, why is that guy in charge of this project? Like, why, why are we doing this, right? But you sit there, you bite your tongue, and if you're a middle manager, what are you going to do? You, you, tell, you tell your subordinates, hey, man, I'm with you. Right? It happens a lot in police departments. I was a 911 dispatcher, okay? Guy was in charge of my 911 center. Whew. Sometimes I just had to roll my eyes. And they would look at me and they'd be like, what are we doing here? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not the boss. I agree with you. He, he is what he is, right? Now, if all of a sudden that boss wasn't there, though, and you got to slide into the role, you'd know what you would do differently. And that's what we're getting from Miguel Cairo. We're getting a guy who sat on the bench for a year and a half and said, what the hell are we doing? Why is Larry Garcia in center field? And why is he so shallow? He's not an outfielder. Like, nobody's really nailed that when they're trying to figure out the actual impact of Cairo. What Cairo is, is the guy who's been sitting there going, what the hell are we doing here? But he can't do anything about it, right? He could try to advise Tony, but Tony's the boss. So, so now Tony's gone and he gets to do the things that have been driving him nuts over the last year and a half. Like, why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? Why are we still banging our head against the wall with, with, with this guy getting more playing time? And why are we overresting these guys? And why, you know, I would totally make this one change in my lineup. That's what the impact is. It doesn't mean that he is a Hall of Fame manager. It doesn't mean that he will ever come close to the accomplishments of Tony La Russa, but he's a middle manager who's watching it. And you can't tell me the players don't notice that stuff too. You can't tell me players aren't sitting there going, why am I in the bench again, right? Well, I'm better than this guy that Tony keeps throwing out there. And so I think that's what the impact is. They're not going to tell you that. They're never going to say that to a beat reporter. They're not going to sow that kind of discontent. That's the kind of stuff that's going to come out later, right? Like when you, when you get an interview with them years later and they're away from this team, right? And they feel, and they feel comfortable making a joke about it in an event. And then they go, yeah, we didn't know what the heck Tony was doing, right? You'll get that later on. I guarantee it. Like, I don't think any of these guys are coming on in the offseason as like a contestant for a $1,000 guest bounty and telling me the actual truth of what happened. This may take a couple of years. I don't know. Maybe they will. We're bringing it back for another year. You might have heard about it. You might have participated in it last year. You might have said, man, I know someone. Any interesting guest that you would love to hear us interview on Socks in the Basement can be the grand prize winner in our $1,000 guest bounty. If you set up the interview, 
And at the end of the year, the fans vote. It was the best one of the offseason. You win a grand. All you have to do is go to SocksInTheBasement.com and reach out to us through the website. You can leave a voicemail. You can send us a message. Hit us up on social media. I am fine with you starting to set that up right now, even though the season has not ended. Because when the season is over, I want to line up these guests just like we did last year. It's all brought to you by the law offices of Parente and Norum. Have you been injured at work? Then you need a team that will do what it takes to fight for your rights. Insurance companies only care about one thing, the bottom line. At the law offices of Parente and Norum, their team has the experience, dedication, and proven results it takes to get you the care and compensation you deserve. $400 million already earned for injured clients. They want to help you as well. Get a free case evaluation, 312-641-5926, or go to pninjurylaw.com. I'm looking forward to seeing who the listeners bring in this year for the $1,000 guest bounty. We had two current White Sox players included in the group last offseason, and neither one of them won, but someone's winning a G. Yeah, well, and and to your point about Miguel Cairo being the middle manager who's also one of the guys. That's kind of one of the things that the bench coach is, right? Is that they're they're you know, not the manager, but they're they're the middle manager. You know, usually they are the go between between the players and the manager. And Cairo is, I'm certain, playing out some of the things that he wants to do. Now he's also, you know, perhaps looking at this with more intensity because he realizes where the team is and what the team has the opportunity to do here in spite of itself. But I would also, yeah, I would tend to agree with you that Miguel Cairo is looking at this and is just doing things the way that he wants to do them. And it probably does include some things that he saw Tony doing that were driving him nuts. And, you know, among them, playing the hot hand and not sitting guys down just to sit guys down. It's not even about the decisions that are made so much as you saw a White Sox team that had a very low energy manager and words can only take you so far. If Miguel Cairo is there, happy, jumping around, he's with these guys, he's one of them, they're feeding off of that. It's a younger man's game, and Miguel Cairo is just a younger man. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.